purpose of gleaning some lessons for a church in the 21st century, which is this church, because we know that we can learn from the experience of that early church things that God wants us to know. And so we're going to turn now to Acts 8, and I will read Acts 8, 4 to 25. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed, at all, the pe- and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. And they followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter answered, May your money perish with you, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry, because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness, and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you have said may happen to me. And after they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. So just remember, the uh, early church had exponential growth, and things were going so well, but there were threats. There were threats from the religious leaders. There were uh, threats actually from inside the church. And so... Eventually, those threats materialized, and we've read about uh, the martyrdom of Stephen, the first martyr of the Christian church, and how he was killed for standing for the gospel of Jesus Christ. After that, there was a great persecution that broke out, and other than the apostles uh, that remained, they remained in Jerusalem, most of the church dispersed throughout Palestine. Because uh, they were running for their lives, literally. And they went to different places. And this is the story of Philip. They went to a place called Samaria. This is a very confusing passage of Scripture. It's a contentious passage of Scripture. And um, lots of questions come from it. 
Here's just a few of them. Can you lose your salvation? Can you believe, be baptized, and not be a Christian? Can you be saved without receiving the Holy Spirit? Is there a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled by the Holy Spirit? Those are just a few of the questions. If you guys went and started pulling out your commentaries on the Bible and you started reading, you're going to find whole articles on all of those questions. And people are going to disagree amongst themselves about those questions. There's no way I can do justice to uh, all of those questions, go into anything in detail. But what I do want to do is I want us to major in on just the major issue at work here. Because I think there's, once again, a lesson for the 21st century church. There's a lesson here for us that I think God wants us uh, to hear this morning. The most contentious part of this uh, passage or this story of, of Philip going to Samaria is thir- verses 12 and 13, where we read, But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, Simon himself believed and was baptized. Well, that sounds okay, right? That doesn't sound too contentious. The contentious part is, is what we find out later. We find out that the Samaritans did not receive the Holy Spirit when they were converted. We also find out that this guy, Simon the sorcerer, he doesn't even seem like he got saved when he believed and was baptized. So here's a bunch of people in Samaria. They're, they believe in the gospel. They um, are excited about the gospel. They go down to the river. They get baptized. But they don't match our traditional idea of what happens at conversion. We believe that at conversion, in other words, when we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and presents the way to address that sin which is accepting the gift of salvation from Jesus Christ, His forgiveness. And at that time, the Holy Spirit is received by each person who believes. And that everyone receives the Holy Spirit at conversion. So, we have a troubling passage here, right? People believed, they were baptized, but they didn't receive the Holy Spirit. So you see all those questions come to mind. The Samaritans, they believed. They were baptized, but we read that until John and Peter showed up, they did not receive the Holy Spirit. And then Simon the sorcerer believed, he was baptized, but boy, oh boy, <laughs> He's, uh, he gets a tongue lashing from Peter. I mean, it's hard to imagine that he actually was converted because of all the things that Peter said about him. So let's drill down into just this, the different components of this narrative. I want to start off with Philip. Philip is not the Apostle Philip, because we know that all the Apostles stayed in Jerusalem. Philip is the deacon. He was one of those seven that was chosen to take care of business, the business affairs, of uh, the practical things within the new church. And so Stephen was one of them, but like the rest, he was dispersed during the persecution. He was selected to be a deacon because he was full of the Spirit and wisdom. That's why they were chosen as deacons. And we know that he was exiled to Samaria. What's Samaria? Samaria is a region that exists in Palestine between, in the south, Judea, and in the north, Galilee. 
So it goes Judea, Samaria, Galilee. And you'll remember, you know, as you read the Gospels, the, the faithful Jews hated the Samaritans. And uh, so they wouldn't even walk through uh, Samaria to get to uh, uh, Galilee. They wouldn't go from Judea to Galilee by walking through Samaria. They would actually go to the east side of the Jordan to circumvent Samaria. They hated them that, that much. So, Samaria. Uh, it had been, back in the old days, uh, the capital of the northern kingdom when the kingdom of Israel was split in two after uh, Solomon's reign. And it was the home to the Samaritans. So, what's with the Samaritans? Why do the Jews, in Jesus' day, hate the Samaritans? I mean, they, there was a hate on here, right? They did not like these Samaritans. So why did they uh, feel this way about the Samaritans? Well, there's a lot of history. Don't have time to go into it. But they saw them as half-breeds. And I hate to use that language, so it's so offensive. But literally, they thought they were half-breeds. They figured that they were part Jew, but that they had uh, cozied up to and intermarried with pagans. And so they saw them as um, uh, outsiders because of that. The other thing is, when they intermarried with pagans, they also adopted part of their belief system. And so they were heretics. So they were half-breeds and heretics. And so here is uh, Philip going from Jerusalem to Samaria, spreading the good news. But don't forget, Jesus. Jesus had no problem with the Samaritans. As a matter of fact, he went and he, and he met, he didn't have a problem with women too, which many people in that day did. And he, he witnessed and actually proclaimed his uh, messiahship to a woman, a Samaritan woman at the well. And then he spent several days in Samaria preaching uh, to them and teaching them about who he was and, and the means to, to reaching God. So that's the story with the Samaritans. I gotta say something about the Samaritans in this story, though, and it seems like there's a whole whack of them. They're, they, they run after shiny things. You know what I mean? They run after shiny things because when Simon the sorcerer, who is bad dude, uh, they were just totally impressed by Simon, right? They thought, surely he is the great man of God. The great power of God. So they were totally impressed. They could not discern, they could not distinguish between authentic godliness and Simon the sorcerer who was getting any and all of his authority from Satan. So when Philip comes along, whoa, another shiny thing. This guy is, he's, he's doing miracles, right? He's healing people. People are being delivered from demons and things are happening. And so they were, whoa, caught up with shiny things. Right? And so I would say, you know, I want to say that about these Samaritans. They seem to be quite influenced by uh, flashiness, let's say. All right, let's get to Simon the Sorcerer before we sort of draw some conclusions here. Simon the sorcerer. 
clearly was able to do some amazing things. I mean, you know, these people are totally naive. They, they saw miracles, right? But we know that Simon was not getting his authority to do these miraculous things from God. He was subject to the authority of the, 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 the king of the air, the lord of the earth, uh, Satan. Okay? And so he was under the control of Satan. The other thing about Simon is this dude is arrogant. He's not just arrogant, he's an arrogant op opportunist, right? Because when Philip comes along and he starts doing things under the power of the Almighty God, Simon says, I want some of this. Because I can, you know, this is going to be good for me. It'll add to my bag of tricks. I can impress these people and they'll have <laughs> I'm great. I'm the great power from God. So that's Simon the sorcerer. So, this is my argument here today. These people, including Simon, believed, were baptized, but were not filled with the Holy Spirit. And Simon, I don't even know if he was saved. <laughs> he was baptized. So, we have this account of these people. I'm going to suggest to you that they weren't Christians. Mm, that's interesting. That they believed and were baptized, but they weren't Christians. Now, I'm not going to tell you that because they were fickle, okay? Because they were terribly fickle, these people, running after shiny things. And in the case of Simon the sorcerer, I wouldn't say... Um, that, that he wasn't a Christian because uh, he, he wasn't fickle. He was actually someone who was scheming. He was, a, he was a schemer. And I wouldn't say he wasn't a Christian just because he was a schemer. The reason I don't think these folks were Christians is very clear. They did not possess the Holy Spirit. They did not possess the Holy Spirit. We believe from Scripture that it is the receipt of the Holy Spirit that is the seal or the declaration, if you will, that that person has been converted and has become a child of Christ. We know that until John and Peter showed up, they had not received the Holy Spirit. We know also that when John and Peter showed up, some of them did receive the Holy Spirit. Which makes me think that Peter and John got beyond the show. Got beyond the flashiness and the, the, the shiny, bright, shiny things. And some of them took the scripture, took the gospel to heart, and actually received the Holy Spirit and became born again Christians. That's what I believe. Scripture in Romans 8.16 says this. The Spirit himself bears witness. The Spirit is the one who bears witness. With our spirit that we are children of God. So until these folks receive the Holy Spirit, I don't believe that they were Christians. Now some of you might be saying, mm, pastors, get a little close to heresy here. It is being taped, by the way. There will be a record. But take these things under advisement. 
Number one, Jesus said on the final day, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I tell you plainly, I never knew you away from me, away from me, you evildoers. Wow. <laughs> These dudes were not just believers and were baptized. They were doing really holy stuff. <laughs> they were doing real religious stuff. They were doing miracles in the name of Jesus, but they did not have the Holy Spirit in them because they were not Christians. And they were rejected on the final day. Jesus said that will happen on the final day. There will be people who claimed to be Christians, who undoubtedly were, you know, accepted the gospel, baptized, who are going to say, why can't I come into the kingdom of heaven? And he's going to say, I never knew you. Here's another one. Hebrews 4.1. The writer of Hebrews is writing to Jewish Christians. And he brings to mind the Jewish people as they approached Canaan that first time. And they wouldn't go into the land of promise, even though God had laid it all out for them. Instead, they disobeyed God. They ended up wandering and they died in the desert. And he's saying, he's using that as a parallel to Jewish Christians. And he says these words, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest, which was Canaan, still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. He's talking to Jewish Christians who might fall short of the kingdom of God, who might not Go to heaven if you want to say it in those words. Why is that? Because they believe they're lightly baptized, but it appears they did not, did not receive the Holy Spirit. And then here's Paul in 2 Corinthians 13.5. Paul is talking to Christians, quote-unquote, in the Corinthian church. Why would Paul say this? Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. There were people in that Corinthian church who believed, who were baptized, but had not received the Holy Spirit. So, what did they believe is really the question here, right? What did they believe? Mm, they had been caught up in something, for sure. They had gotten excited. They had great joy and enthusiasm. But it didn't materialize into Christ-likeness because they did not possess the Holy Spirit. Mm. We can only assume that those Christians, quote-unquote Christians on Judgment Day, the Christians in that Jewish church, the Christians in Corinth, were known as Christians, went to church, probably served in the church, 
But they failed the test. This is why I think Jesus' parable that we started with today, with which we're going to be closing, Jesus' parable is so helpful. Do you remember what we read? I think I'd particularly point out verse 13. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. When they hear it, they receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, and in those days, in the early church, you gave your confession and they dragged you down to the river and you were dipped. You were baptized immediately. So we have to assume they're baptized too. So Jesus is talking about those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. This is a hard word I'm telling you here, folks. This is a hard word. The, hard, the word of God is hard sometimes. But there is no cheap grace in the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ did not do this so that you could say, oh, I believe, get baptized, serve in the church, but in your life totally ignore his lordship? Really? <laughs> that is blasphemy. Jesus Christ has to have an impact in your life if you're really saved. If you're a real believer, if you're really converted, there should be a profound change in your life, in your priorities. All that is life to you needs to be centered around Jesus Christ. If not, your, your heart is like that rocky soil. At some point you had an experience, you got excited about it, and, and, but it didn't last. It might have become a ritual for you. Church. The church life. But it doesn't mean that you're a Christian. You see, there have to be signs that the Spirit of God is in you. And Scripture is very clear in Galatians 5, we read that if the Spirit of God is in you, He will transform you. You will start to show the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That is what your life will become. <coughs> So if you've believed and been baptized, but you hate people, you're a fraud. <laughs> if you believed and you've been baptized, but you're in utter turmoil all your life, and, 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 and you seek to appease that turmoil by doing this, that, and the other thing, you're a fraud. Okay, so this is it. Got to get to the strawberries. <laughs> I want to just go through those contentious scriptures just for a second. 
Because I'm going to give you what I think. And you can disagree with me, because many would. Not the smart ones. <laughs> Just joking. Just joking. Can you lose your salvation? Absolutely not. If the Holy Spirit comes into you, you're saved. Can you believe, be baptized, and still not be a Christian? Absolutely. Can you be saved without receiving the Holy Spirit? No. And finally, is there a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled by the Holy Spirit? The reason I bring that up is that some people would argue that the Samaritans received the Holy Spirit, and then when Peter and John showed up, they got an extra filling of the Holy Spirit. That's semantics. That's playing games. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They did receive the Holy Spirit when they believed truly believe, not just caught up in the wonder of it all, caught up with the flashiness of, of demons being cast out and, and people being, uh, people, uh, the, the Philip doing miraculous things. When they understood what it would take to be a Christian, when they understood what it took to be a Christian, when they made an intelligent decision about what it re was required to be a follower of Christ, and they decided to follow Christ on those terms, knowing what it would cost. That's when they received the Holy Spirit. And so there is a difference. I'm afraid that many people spend their lives fooled because they said some words were baptized and hang out in the church their whole lives. And on the day of judgment, God's going to say to you, I don't know you. That's sad, right? Let's pray. It grows you think service is over. <laughs> I'll pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your word. And sometimes it's hard. It's difficult to understand. But Lord, as we look at it, the breadth of it, as we take in not just specific passages, but the full breadth of Scripture, and understand that this that you've called us to is more than saying some words, getting caught up in something, maybe even being baptized. It's a call to discipleship. Thank you for this story. And I praise you and I thank you that those Samaritans, after Peter and, uh, John and Peter showed up, understood the difference and accepted you on your terms. Lord, let us be like that. Let us learn from them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.